Hey, happy podcast day for you who are listening. Welcome back to the Yours Julie podcast or welcome for the very first time. If you've never been here before, this is episode 28 and I have a really awesome speaker in today's episode or a really awesome interview, I should say. But before I get to introducing her, I got to tell you guys two things. The first thing is that my caffeine limit is equivalent to about a half a cup of coffee a day. I know, I'm like a baby when it comes to caffeine, really can't handle it, but what I've had today, recording this intro on a Monday, this is going to drop for you guys on a Wednesday, but I really felt like I needed a little, you know, pick me up today, so I decided to go to Starbucks, which is an amazing decision because I still have gift cards left over from Christmas, woot woot, raising my hands like I'm raising the roof, I know you can't see me, but I'm doing it anyways because it's exciting. But I went into Starbucks and I got, you know, my iced coffee with, you know, the flavoring that I like. I really did it up. And I usually only drink about half of the thing, but today... I got so excited and, you know, I didn't feel the effects of the caffeine until about like 10 minutes ago and I drank like three quarters of the cup of coffee and guys, let me tell you, I am, for lack of a better term, bouncing off the walls of my office. I feel like the human girl version of the Energizer Bunny. So I'm really going to try not to let my words get ahead of my brain here and I'll try not to speak too fast if I am. I would say you should let me know, but you really can't because this is going to be recorded. LOL, joke's on me. But before we get to the podcast, I want to read you guys something that has been happening in my private Facebook community. So if you've been on the podcast before, you know that I run a private Facebook community. It's called the Yours Truly Goal Slayers, where I post you know, daily posts, videos, trainings, all of the things to help support you, giving you all the tools and the knowledge that you need to kind of kickstart your way into an intuitive eating, intuitive living journey where we can really improve our exercise, um, our relationship rather with food and exercise and our own body. So one really cool thing that we do in this group is all of my one-on-one clients who work with me in the gentle nutrition coaching program to improve relationships with, you know, food, exercise, their body, and how they speak to themselves. I always have them post their takeaways from our one-on-one calls simply because when they can take what they've learned from a coaching call, type it, reword it in their own way, in their own style, and then push it out to the group of people, they become the expert and they can solidify what they've learned. And also everyone else in the community can benefit from what they learned in the call and from getting to know what happens in one-on-one coaching. So I want to read you guys one of the final paragraphs of a recent reflection from a coaching call simply because... I think this can be applied to food, which is how she was applying this, but it can also be applied to exercise, your relationship with your own body, and also what today's guest and I cover in the episode. So she writes, I've often heard people say, quote, you can't hate your way into a life that you love, end quote. It does not help me to tell myself that I should not eat something. Rather, I can look at a situation when I find myself really wanting to eat something and say, quote, That is an acceptable option, and you may eat that if you like, but is there something else that actually satisfies what you are looking for and will treat you like the person of value that you are? End quote. If there isn't anything else, then I shall eat the thing and be present while doing it. If I'm going to eat, I don't want to cheat myself out of the experience. 
I thought this was a wonderful reflection simply because one, I've never heard that quote before. You can't hate your way into a life that you love. And I think you can really apply it to so many different things that we may do in our pursuit to become a happier and a healthier version of ourselves. If we're engaging in practices that we don't actually enjoy, then what makes us think that it's going to lead us to a place that we do enjoy or a life that we love or a healthy life or whatever that we're searching for. So I loved that part of it. And two, I love that she's kind of shifting this conversation to instead of saying that she just shouldn't eat something or she shouldn't do it or that's bad, instead of just putting that blanket statement and pushing those things down, she's kind of opening up the conversation and not pushing it into this shameful corner. She's saying, okay, you know, why do I feel this way? If I want to eat the food, that is a totally acceptable option and me choosing to do that does not make me a bad person whatsoever. But she's also asking in this conversation, well, is there anything else that would bring me value in this moment or maybe bring me the satisfaction or the feeling that I'm searching for? So instead of all the time just relying on food or using food to get herself out of this place or, you know, get herself to feel a certain way, she's also opening up the door to other areas of support that may be helpful to her in her life. Is it a conversation with a family member? Is it going outdoors? Is it communicating with someone in the Facebook group who's going through the same thing? So instead of just kind of boxing herself in and saying, no, I shouldn't eat that. That's bad. And pushing those feelings down. She's opening up a level of conversation and saying, I can totally eat the food if I want to, but is there also anything else that I could do maybe rather than, or maybe in addition to that could help me get to that place of feeling like the best version of myself that I want to be. So we're not, you know, boxing ourselves into saying we are bad. I cannot have, like, I have to push these feelings down. We're just asking ourselves in what other ways can I address? what I'm feeling that may or may not involve my relationship with food. So I love her reflection here and I bring it up because I think it's something that we all have struggled with at multiple times throughout our life, whether it's using food as a coping mechanism, exercise as a coping mechanism, whatever that it is. So I bring this up also because it's a great transition into my conversation with my guest today. So in this light of you can't hate your way into a life that you love, today my guest and I, her name is Kelsey Flanagan, and I'll talk about her in a second, but we really kind of dive into the conversation of body comparison, of food comparison, and why that maybe isn't the best motivator or why that isn't the best way to jumpstart a wellness journey. Because guess what? At the end of the day, the people who you are trying to compare yourself to or the people whose standards you are trying to hit they don't have to live with you, right? They don't have to live in your head. They don't have to feel what you feel and nor does it matter, right? Because at the end of the day, the only person you have to answer to is you. And a lot of the times I find that we know this, it's kind of like one of those almost trite conversations and quotes that you may see like on Pinterest or like those motivational boards in your, you know, posters in kindergarten class with like the, the cats and the dogs laying all around. But At the end of the day, it's so true. And I find that even though we know it to be true, a lot of the times we still are stuck in this rut of comparison and not loving ourselves because maybe we don't look like her or we don't eat like her. And even though we know that this train of thought isn't necessarily helpful, we haven't always been taught the tactical tips, tricks, and tools to get us out of this place where we can live in a way where those thoughts no longer control us. So 
If you've ever had a similar conversation with yourself, I know that you're going to love today's podcast. Like I said, my guest name is Kelsey Flanagan. She is the one woman show behind Kelsey Flanagan Nutrition. She lives and is from Texas. You'll be able to hear in her accent that she is a Texan. And let me tell you guys, she is an actual hoot. She is hilarious. Um, This is actually the first time and you'll hear that Kelsey and I connected one-on-one. We know each other through our mutual friend, coach and mentor, Tony Steffen. We're in the same um, coaching and mentorship group together. So we've had contact with each other before, but I had never had a conversation with Kelsey in this one-on-one session this one-on-one format rather, I should say, and it was an absolute blast. I know that you will jive off of her energy and you will really be able to take what she has experienced in her past life or even in her current life with being an athlete, being a CrossFit athlete, not really feeling like she fit in with the crowd who she was with or trying to compare herself to and how that actually impeded or hindered her wellness journey rather than improved it. So she has a lot of great tips that she can share through experience, and I know you guys will walk away with a ton of value from this episode. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kelsey Flanagan, who I also get to meet this weekend, and I couldn't be more excited, but I'm going to stop rambling now. Here's the conversation. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hey, Kelsey. Good morning. What is up? How are you all the way in Texas, right? That's right. Uh, We're good. It's actually pretty uh, chilly and gross here today. Um, So, uh, Texans usually just uh, lay low inside once it's below like 50. So we're, we're <laughs> chilling below 50. You're like, no, I will not leave my house anymore. So tell me in Texas, I, I would butcher the name. It's new something where you're from. New Braunfels. Yeah. Wow, I definitely would have butchered that if I tried to say it. Whereabouts in Texas? Is it Northern? Is it Southern? I know Houston and San Antonio. So give me kind of like cool points. So we are... 30 miles north of San Antonio and 30 miles south of Austin. Okay. Right in the middle. Um, Largest water park uh, around is here. It's about like two miles away called Schlitterbahn. (laughs) Wow. Like, is that like largest water park ever or just like in Texas? In, in, uh, in the U S largest water park in the United States. Wow. Maybe we'll all have to take like a a group field trip down to the largest water park ever. (laughs) Hell yeah. We have two rivers in town. So, uh, it's a German town. So that's why all the, like the, the words are like Bronzefuls and Schlitter, like all the like slurring of words. It's like sausage. Like, Yeah. Does she have have a lisp or like, is she actually meaning to say it like that? (laughs) That would explain. I remember a while ago and we'll talk about how to get to your social media towards the end, but I remember a while ago, like kind of towards the beginning of when we first started getting connected and I started following you, you were talking about some sort of like 
brat fest or like a, yes. I was like, where is this girl from? And like, why don't I live there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called Worst Fest. And that's the, um, it's basically a sausage and beer fest, um, two weeks long. And Holy you just and drink out of pitchers of beer, like this, this big, really big, really like very large beer and uh, bratwurst, um, which is like sausage on a stick pork chop on a stick. Um, yeah, it's with like oompas and like all the music and stuff. <laughs> it's literally like a meat lover's dream. I think we have one festival where I'm from here in Roanoke, which is like still in the South-ish portion, portion of the States, but like obviously not as South as you. Um, yeah. We have a, a one day bacon festival, but like it definitely does not go for two weeks. Like that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad on like the health side. Uh, usually everyone kind of freaks out or just kind of forgets like you know, that they should not probably so- shove like 30 sausages within 14 days in their five hole. It may not be in your best cardiovascular interest, yeah. but um, <laughs> hey, it's whatever floats your goat, right? So That's right. I know I didn't just bring you on here to talk about sausage fest, even though that is like <laughs> incredibly fun to talk about. So for anyone who has never heard of Kelsey Flanagan, by the way, I love your last name. It's so fun. Um, who is she? You know, what does she do? And I'll let you take that in whatever route you want to go. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, first, thank you for having me on. And thanks for uh, talking about sausage for about two minutes. So you are more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew I can expect something fun uh, okay. here with you. So I, yeah, Kelsey Flanagan, I, uh, I am a nutrition coach, online nutrition coach. I, but that's, that's like just surface level stuff. So I want to dig in like who I am and what I stand for and where I really started. And it was um, in high school. I'm relatively young. And so back in high school, I was a pretty athletic girl. Um, I did basketball. I did track. I did all the things. Um, my friends were cheerleaders. They were like super cute. I was kind of just like the bigger girl, the athletic girl, which was cool. But back then it was like when you were young, you always wanted to be smaller. Like all this body stuff was like coming on. Um, and I never really like picked up on it. Until like, I kind of caught myself every morning. I basically wake up, I'd go to the mirror, I'd pick up my shirt, I'd see if I had abs. I'd always check if I was skinny and I was just a little insecure. Like it, I never really showed it. I almost showed it. And even like people now they're like, Oh my God, I would never would have thought you're just so confident. But that was like my, that was what, that's what I like put on myself to let others know that I, I wasn't insecure. It was almost like this, this other mask that I would wear. And so I told myself like every morning, like you're fat, like all these like not bad things, but just like these negative things toward me. And it just became my story and it became what I believed. And so when I graduated high school, I went to college. I went to a college that not a lot of my friends went to, but I didn't really care. I wanted something different. I, uh, it was closer to home a little bit and I love my family. So I went there. I absolutely hated it. I did not gain the freshman 15, but I went the opposite way. Like I became, I was not very happy there. So I wouldn't necessarily say I was depressed, but I spent a lot of time in the gym. I would go to the cafeteria. I was on like diner dollars and I would not use them for like hot pockets and ice cream. I would be like eating like chicken and broccoli and like saying hell no to the carbs and like pulling out like the noodles of this like chow mein that this amazing lady made me. And I was just like having this battle in my head of like wanting to be this skinny girl and then just like not happy where I am and just constantly finding like just 
who I was and like what I really stood for. And so came home for Christmas for um, Christmas break, came home, saw my mom, saw my family. And I was just like, I can't do it. I hate the place. I'm not happy. And I was a very happy, like I still am very happy, but I just kind of like lost myself a little bit. I was just like, kind of like was comparing myself to others. I wanted to like be like a volleyball player at this school. Like I just wanted to be someone that I wasn't, that I was though, an athletic girl. And so I came back home. I uh, went to this CrossFit gym. I found CrossFit and I fell in love just like most people do when they walk into the CrossFit gym. It's like community. Everyone's nice. Everyone's fit. you all have the same kind of goals. And so that's what I did. I got into CrossFit. Um, and I was there for at that one gym, which was amazing, great coaches and everything. But it was also the turning point for me as well. I, um, if you're into the CrossFit world, you know that when you walk into the gym, everyone's fit. Everyone looks amazing. You want to be like them. And then they head people above you, basically like the CrossFit Games athletes. They look a certain way. And mm-hmm. I chase that. I chase that very, very hard. Um, I am a very high achiever. I will go miles and miles. I will break my back. I will say yes to everything. And I, if someone tells me I can't do something, I will try 10 times harder to actually accomplish it. So I was in the pursuit of looking a certain way, becoming a highly competitive CrossFitter, um, training two times a day, dieting hardcore, thinking I needed to not eat certain foods. Um, I'd fast in the morning. I'd do cardio if I had margaritas the night before. I wouldn't eat sweet potatoes because I thought they'd make me fat. And I sure in the hell would not eat um, any avocado or oils on my food because fats make you fat. Um, well, that all actually was the opposite for me. Um, I became, as you probably hear now, very obsessed with food. Uh, I was chasing a certain number and I was becoming so avid to be fit. I was, I was searching for this void. I was searching to finally be the fit girl that I never really was. I was searching, um, to love my body and I was searching to, basically just like feel good in my own skin. But in the process of all of that, I did not earn any of that. I actually started to lose my hair. Um, I lost my cycle. I became very obsessed with food. I still like looked myself in the mirror and hated, like I would look myself in the mirror and just like grab my stomach and like all these crazy things. Um, now when I look back on and that's, that's what built me. It wasn't, you know, this, crazy, uh, I'd say like story that of just like, I went to school and this is what I did, but I became the coach that I wish I had in those moments because all the coaches around me, like back then, like everyone was doing it like four or five years ago, like CrossFit was like the thing and it still is kind of the thing, but people now are like speaking up about it and, and really showing that you actually need to slow down, to speed up. And we can't just keep killing ourselves in the gym, like that stress and have being like your message, being gentle with yourself. Like that is so freaking important. Like no matter how much you train, no matter if you damn like count your macros, whatever it is, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like what matters is how you feel about yourself and what you tell yourself. And like those words, that is success. And that is what we're all searching for. We're not searching for to have abs. We're not searching to look a certain way and fit a certain size. Like we want to love ourselves. And that starts with us. And so that is like my path. And it was, 
it built me to who I am because I can relate. I've been there. I've, I've done all of that. I've, I've done the macro counting. I've done the dieting. I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole of trying to out train. And still like the moment I got abs, I always say it was the same moment. I did not get happier. Like it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone thinks it's like the moment that I pick up my shirt and I can wear my shirt off when I'm in the gym. It's like, I've made it. And it's like, no girl, you haven't. It's like, you still don't love yourself if you don't do that deep work. And so that's like where my story, you know, was and started. And now I'm kind of on the other side and I'm helping women through that. And I help myself and I have many coaches that I still have those demons sneak in. Like it's a process. I was in the woods for like six years. It takes about six years and more to get out. So <laughs> we're, you know, going through that, but that's, um, that's, that's basically about me and what I'm about. And I'm very passionate about it. You probably felt that a little bit when I get like rammed up a little bit. I know. Yeah, I can, I can totally tell. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, obviously all of you guys can't see Kelsey right now, but her and I are on video chat. And like, I feel like as you were talking, you like were leaning into the camera, like you were getting a little hyped up, you were getting a little heated and, um, I could feel it. And you can obviously tell when someone is super passionate about sharing their story and what they've come through. And, the thing that you reminded me of when you were talking, it's like, you know, things that take years and years and years to build up. You just don't ditch them in like a day or in a week. Um, something that I always equate it to with my clients is like, you know, the goal is you're trying to be the driver of your own car, like the driver of your own Uber. You want to be in control. You want to be able to steer the direction of your car wherever you want to go. But a lot of the times, if we have years and years and years of these, let's just call them air quotes, bad habits, we have like a passenger who chills in the back seat. And sometimes when we try to do something impactful or something that we maybe haven't done before, or we try to challenge those past habits, that person in the back seat gets really loud and starts to yell unhelpful things in our ear. Um, so that's why now I say it's important for anyone, like no matter how good you get, no matter how good of a place that you're in, that you do have a coach or like someone there so that when the person in the back seat inevitably starts saying things like, you know, why are you doing this? Like you were silly to try, like come back towards me. It's like you know, the devil on your left shoulder that they can kind of talk you down from that cliff. Um, so I'm kind of curious to know after hearing your story and hearing you share, what was kind of the turning point? So you kind of realize like, okay, I'm not happier now that I have abs. Like I've done all of this stuff in pursuit of looking a certain way or having this certain body or being like air quotes them, like the all seeing them. Right. But you kind of got to that place where you were closer to that more than you had ever been. And you realized this isn't it. Like this still isn't what I want. So in that moment, how did you kind of start to in the car analogy, like turn the car around and start going the other way. Like what were some of the steps that you took? Yeah. Yeah. Such, such a good question. And, and I, I thought a lot about that and to me, it seems like, Oh, I just did it. Like it just <laughs> happened. Right. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, but really it was like, I think the biggest part was I didn't get it. Like I wasn't happier. Like it was almost, you know, when they say like, you, if you're not where you are right now, that should be enough motivation to change. That's the same kind of thing. I wasn't, that wasn't it. And I knew doing more and more of that wasn't because look, my health was in the pie hole. Like it was no good. And that was the most important thing to me is like, I didn't feel good. I wasn't me. 
I wasn't providing value to people. But the biggest turning point I'd say was honestly just like getting into functional medicine, getting into precision nutrition with uh, John Berardi and Chris Scott Dixon and like behavior change and educating myself on like basically how to challenge myself and how to create a different behavior. Because I didn't get into, say, all of this just because I wanted to. It was because I had something that I needed to fix. And back then, I didn't have a coach. But I knew, like I said at the beginning, I'm a yes girl. I can fix anything I want to. I can do anything. And so that's what I did. I turned it around. I I also met my boyfriend through functional medicine on Facebook. And we he gave me all the tools, all the books. And I just read. I developed myself. I did all the things that I needed to do to get past that hump. And I think the first part is really when I realized that it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't at that moment yet. So why did I need to keep going down that path? I needed to make a change. And the biggest change was investing in myself and developing my own personal deep work, doing self-affirmations, journaling, reading stuff that empowered me, didn't break me down, like going to the gym, being independently focused, not trying to be them. Um, Just really getting self-aware with, is it working for me? Is this working? Am I happier? And, and I wasn't. So that's, and that's what I give to other, to other women that are going to be listening to this or even men that do think that like in the pursuit of that, trying to be someone that they're not like, the best person that you can try to be is find you like the real you and dig into like how things are working for you. Get honest with yourself. Like stop trying to pursue something that you think or you should be doing quote unquote. It should be something like internally that you really want. And so being your own driver, like I love that. Like don't let that backseat driver keep talking to you. Just throw your hand back and say, shut your mouth. I'm doing this. Just throw it back. And like, yeah. if you have a kid in the back, just throw your hand back, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really it is number one, um, building the self-awareness and number two, investing in yourself and developing yourself, learning about you. The best book you can read is you like constantly ask yourself questions, constantly dig into who you are, who you want to be and um, who, who you need to become to do those things. And so I knew that I needed to become self-loving. I knew that I needed to invest in my health. I knew I needed to be patient. I knew I needed to be kind to myself and show myself empathy so I can give others empathy. Because in that moment when I wasn't where I wanted to be, I knew that I had so many women to help because so many women were exactly where I was. And no one helped me. So why the hell would someone help them? Yeah. So that was my thought process. Absolutely. I love that. I think when you were telling the backseat driver to shut up that some of your inner Texan just came out. (laughs) I think I heard it in your voice, like throw up your hand, like tell him to shut up. I love that. (laughs) Um, One thing that I kind of started wondering as you were talking just then about, you know, finding your struggle and then being at that one place where you're like, you know, I know something needs to change, et cetera, et cetera. And then you started talking about journaling and self-development and reading all these books, all of these things that we kind of hear throughout our lives is like, we know successful people do them or self-aware people, you know, engage in these habits that promote more introspection and self-awareness. But I think a lot of the times in I see a big similarity between you and I right now is um, we're kind of like, (laughs) I always joke with my boyfriend, like I'm a strong, independent woman. Like I can do all these things, right? I don't need any help. 
And I kind of feel like we can relate in our past lives a little bit like that, you know, like I'm strong, I can figure this out. Like I know what's best for me, all of these things until we kind of like run ourselves into the ground to a point. And we kind of say like, Oh, all of that self-help stuff, like that isn't for me. Like I don't need that. Right. Um, cause that's something that I definitely told myself at a point, but I'm wondering for people who are maybe listening and they kind of resonate with that character trait, we'll call it. Um, I'm not going to call it a character flaw, even though sometimes I have felt like it's a flaw in me, but just a character trait. Do you think that is something that everyone kind of has to figure out on their own? Like people who have that character trait, like, do you think they just kind of have to struggle and then find what they don't like and then kind of have that turning point that you had of like, oh, I need to do these things. I actually need to, you know, journal and be more introspective. This doesn't not apply to me. Like, do you think that's something that we all have to arrive at the conclusion ourselves? Or do you think that some people can kind of skip that by having the awareness early enough and just accepting that we all need a little bit of help in this journey? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting way to think about it because like, I think for us, like you're exactly right. Like I'm so with you and thinking I'm independent. I can do this and I don't need to be vulnerable and all those things. And my boyfriend's like, just lean on me. And I'm like, no, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, so yeah, I think like, honestly, it comes down to your personality. It comes down to what, um, kind of makes you tick, what you're driven by. And that's the biggest thing is because for me, I do really well with accountability, but I'm also an abstainer, like, or I'm not an obliger. So I don't need somebody else to lean on to help me as much. I like it and I thrive that way, but finding out what, like what you need, because everyone's going to be so different. I think some people do need that extra accountability or they do need someone to kind of nudge them a little bit constantly and say, Hey, like this way is okay. You can't do it. Like these are the benefits, these, these like kind of guiding them and teaching them, but not telling them. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I found that I even do like basically with my friends and my clients is I don't ever just like tell you what to do. Like I want you to be the driver. I'm going to be the backseat girl that doesn't just yell at you, but also like tells you like, Hey, like, are you doing those things? But also like understanding if you don't. And I think that's, that's one of the key things is understanding that, you know, if you do quote unquote, think you should need to be journaling because you might feel um, like you're not getting anywhere or you're not having progress, like maybe journaling's not for you and that's okay. There's something else that can be for you. You just have to find it. And it might be just you trying to find it. But I also think that it's someone else outside of your little circle. Like my boyfriend can't coach me. My best friend really, she helps me. But I need someone outside of that little circle that knows me really well. Like I need someone that will just be like honest with me and I don't get angry at them and say, Hey, leave me alone. I got this. And so that's why I coach. Like I have, I've had three coaches since like the, that turning point, basically one was about my health. Um, recently shout out to Brandy Wan, who was absolutely amazing. She like helped me so much with my self love and my boundaries. And that's really what helped I'd say the biggest it's like a it's like a little race car once I got her I just kind of like sped above the pack didn't have to like go through the turmoil of oh is this right or all that self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs that I probably would have stopped a long time ago and said why the hell am I doing this why do I keep wanting to like 
better myself, then why can't I just be happy where I am? But I would have been stuck in that vicious cycle. I would have gone back to um, body comparison. I would have gone back to going in the mirror. And if I wasn't skinny, I'd binge on um, cookies because I told myself I couldn't have cookies at one point or whatever it is. Like all those demons would come back to me. Um, And so just, I think the big thing, honestly, find yourself awareness, but know what works for you, but also ask for help. Don't be scared. Like the best thing you can do is ask for help. Yeah. I, if I'm saying that, you know, that that's just real. Like, yeah. cause I do not like vulnerability is my biggest quote unquote weakest link, but I also use it to my strength because I pound myself to try to be vulnerable in every moment. Now a year ago, that was not happening. Brene Brown saved my life. <laughs> Brene Brown, everything. Yeah. Power and vulnerability, YouTube. She's a Texan too. That's right. That's where they come from. Maybe. <laughs> I love that. I remember now that you bring her up, like that was right around the time I watched that talk years ago. Like, I don't know. I don't know when it came out. I think I was still in high school, maybe early college, but I watched it and I was like, this girl, there's something about her. And yeah, what Kelsey just said, if you haven't watched the power of Vulner- vulnerability by Renee Brown on TED.com or the internet, it's literally everywhere. It has like millions and millions and millions of views. Go watch it because it's amazing, but I couldn't agree more with kind of having the self-awareness that you do need help. And for me, in a lot of ways, it was just kind of like putting aside my ego that I had fed for so long that I've told like, you know, you're strong, you're confident, you can do it all alone. And then kind of realizing like, I think a lot of the times we get so stuck in the micro perspective of what our daily life looks like. And that's why in a lot of ways, like you said, your boyfriend can't coach you. Your best friends can't coach you because they're in that with you, right? But a lot of the times, if we seek someone who is a good friend, who is a confidant, who we can grow to trust, but who can also call us out because they're not stuck in the muck and the mire of our daily life, that can be really, really helpful. It's kind of like, I just came up with this analogy as you were talking, but if we're um, driving along with our car analogy here, if we steer the conversation in that direction, if you will, um, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you, you're the driver and then the person in the back seat is kind of loud and can be annoying and pulling you back to bad habits. But then when you have that third party observer, like, you know, your coach, um, whoever you can confide in about these things, they're kind of like in the taxis, you know, how they have like the wall between you and the driver um that's kind of what they can become right maybe I don't know we can go with that for now I like it. No. one thing that I want to circle back to that um you touched on earlier and that I actually really wanted to bring you on to talk about because I feel like you could shed a lot of light on this topic of conversation is one you said you have to figure out what you're driven by right and then earlier in conversation you said you have to be independently focused. Um, and I feel like a lot of ways these can maybe bash heads because especially, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I've ever crossfitted in my life because I haven't, but I have worked <laughs> with people who probably can look at me and be like, this girl does not crossfit. Um, <laughs> I've worked with people who have been in that space. And one thing I find is that um, they are driven. This can be just like athletes in general, right? Anyone who's ever been involved in a sport, they may be driven by competition. For me, I'm driven by competition in like the academic realm, right? I was so competitive in school. Like I didn't show it. I never like wanted to screw people over, but I wanted to have the best grades. Like ask Trevor Lomax, our mutual friend, like I wanted to have good grades. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in the CrossFit space or in the athletic space are maybe driven by competition, which maybe interferes with our ability to be independently focused and kind of not compare our progress and our success 
to what everybody else is doing. So since you have a lot of experience in this field, I kind of want to hear your input on maybe first of all, like why it's harmful to measure your success on what everybody else is doing. And then part B, part one B of the question, um, how can you maybe step away from that? If you find that this fierce competition and tendency to compare is actually interfering with not only your physical well-being, but also your mental, emotional, spiritual, vulnerable well-being out of all of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's so powerful and you're right. Harmful is a good word because comparison is a thief of joy. And no matter how much possibly comparison is driving you, guess what? Anytime that you beat that person, that's not actually making you better. Anytime that you get a PR and Joe Blow and Sissy Sam doesn't get a PR, it doesn't make you better. Like that's, that's not a measure of progress. Measure of progress is internal. It's what you are doing day in and day out, not just in the gym. That's one hour of your damn day. Don't define your whole life on that. I've seen it with my clients. They hit a PR in the gym and it's like the best day in the world. And they, they, um, they feel on top of the world. It's awesome. And then the next, next time that a PR timeline comes around, they don't get it. But Sissy Sam did. And it's like, that doesn't make you less. I promise like you still get to go home. And I think the best practice we can practice is gratitude, the Mm -hmm. attitude of gratitude, every single place that we are in, bring that to the forefront. Be grateful that you get a chance to CrossFit. A lot of people are sitting on their ass right now, wishing that they could walk into the gym like that, but they can't. So now be grateful that you're there. If you can do pull-ups and your friend next to you can do pull-ups, use your basically what you are jealous of, use that to shine a light on them. Don't try to continue to bring yourself down. Be proud of them. Like me and my best friend, we were basically, we always competed together. We were always doing um, basically the same thing, like certain things I was better at, certain things she was better at. But guess what? That's what made us who we are. We can't be best at everything. And once you start to realize that, like, you can let that go. Like don't live your life in a comparison world because it just tears you down. Like like we could have spent our entire five, six years crossfitting together, batting heads because she was better at lifting. I was better at cardio and I could have been like, Oh my God, like I can't lift as much as you. And she could have been like, I can't run as much as you and you're faster and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we, we love that about each other. We would, we would use that to our advantage. I'd be like, I want to be next to her when she was looking because I knew she would freaking crush it. Like use those things that are tearing you down to actually build you up and like flip the script, be grateful that they are next to you and you get to see them do that. That, that can turn around a harmful relationship with a comparison to somebody else, but also help you internally. And then being independently focused, like when you go home at night, is your husband or is your boyfriend or are your friends like thinking, Oh, Kelsey, um, Kelsey and, um, Joe Blow were at the gym today and Kelsey PR, but Joe Blow didn't. So I wish that I was with Joe Blow. It's like, what? Like, (laughs) who cares about whatever everybody else is doing? Like care about what you're doing because you're, you, your happiness gets to serve others. And I promise your husband, your boyfriend, your friends don't care if so-and-so got a PR and you didn't, or 
you're not doing as good as the gym as you hope to, like, are you happy? Are you, do you have an amazing family? Do you have a, a great relationship? Are you able to put food on the table? Like, do people value you? Do you have love in your life? Like all of those things are so much more important than that hour in the gym. Like that is good. And that's motivation. And that's that you're like moving your, your body and you're abiding by your health. And that's something that serves you and relieves the stress or whatever it is. But know that like your goals go way beyond that. I mm. promise. Like the way that you feel in life goes way beyond any PR, any time in the gym. Like it's, it's a way to honor your body, but it's not a way to, I would say, um, define who you are and define the body that you have. Like it's, it's just a moment in your life that you just need to be grateful for. Absolutely. I love that perspective shift. And it reminds me of, um, an analogy that I always try to remind myself of. And, you know, anyone else who I come into contact with, whether it's like a client, a friend, a family member who may be struggling with like comparison syndrome, maybe in the gym or on the plate. And I'm like, okay, think of all the different sectors of your life, right? Think of your life as a pie chart, because like I said, academics, right? I'm a nerd. So think of your (laughs) life like a pie chart. Obviously a portion of the pie chart is going to be taken up with food and movement because you have to do those things to be a human, right? But when those things start to take over the puzzle, what happens, we can't put more space in the chart, right? We're all allotted a certain amount of space. We all have 24 hours in a day. But when those things start to take up more space than they've, I don't want to say should, because I don't really like shoulds and should nots, but more space than we would like them to, then everything else suffers, right? Relationships will suffer. Your health may suffer. Um, All of these things that you may place value on start to lose traction because everything isn't staying in its lane, right? And one thing that I always um, try to say is, kind of like what you were saying, like when you go home at night, putting into thing, putting things into the perspective of gratitude, because if you were to ask like your best friend, your mom, your significant other, like if dogs could speak, they would probably say what I'm about to say. It's like, I know you have dogs. I know you're a dog person, but, um, if you were to ask them, like, what do you want from me as like a friend, a partner, a daughter, et cetera, et cetera. They probably wouldn't say, I, you know, I want you to hit the most PRs and like be the strongest in the gym, right? Like maybe they think it's cool, but that's not what they would place the most value on in your relationship. They would be like, I want you to show up like the best version of you so I can support you and you can support me, right? I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but that's likely what I would say, at least if one of my best friends or my partner came and asked me that. So I think really when we kind of get stuck in this mode of comparing ourselves or being overly competitive for all of these things that like in the grand scheme of things don't really bring the most value, like repeated value and emphasis to our life. It's just, you know, what brings you value, right? And what brings the people who are closest to you value and ride your life on that, right? And if something doesn't bring you value or if it's not adding value to your life, then maybe it's time to take a little bit of a break and step away from it. Right. Um, so in this conversation of body comparison of like plate comparison, maybe what are some like tactical items and steps that if someone is listening and they're like, I struggle with this, like I'm in the athletic space, you know, I'm dealing with this in my home life, my personal life, wherever it is, where we're kind of stuck in, comparison syndrome and they're saying, okay, Kelsey, sounds amazing to switch, to flip the gratitude switch, but 
that seems like a bit of a jump for me right now. What are maybe some tactical steps and tips that you could give them to help them get there? Because we know it's not going to happen in a day, but what we do over time is what we end up with, right? So what do you suggest they kind of do every single day to lead up to that point in their life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, just getting honest with yourself and, and writing down who you are, what you truly believe is true to be, what, it, what, what do you truly believe is true about you? That's like a question that really has always stuck with me because a lot of those thoughts that we have or a lot of the comparison thoughts that run through our mind, they're actually not true. But we can really, really just come, like tell ourselves that every single day and that becomes our story. And then that's what we come to believe and that's our reality and all of those things. But if we can stop and think, okay, is this actually true? Like write down, like I'm, I'm, um, I'm not as strong as Joe Blow. Is that really true? Like strong in the gym? Like, how are you measuring that? Because they, they got heavier lift or something. What about outside of the gym? Like, what about just your strength with like your work and your discipline and, and your love and your, your ability to like create healthy habits. Like that, that is something that is true, you know, fine. So fine, really sifting through like what is true and what is not true and, and getting really honest. Then the second step is asking for help. We can't do it alone as much as me and Claire probably wish we could do this, all of this alone. Like it's actually not the case. Um, she has a coach. I have a coach, like we're coaches we coach people that also have other help. Like it can't be alone and embrace it. Like that's the hardest part is asking for help. But I promise like it basically just takes time, collapses it, uses it to your advantage. Like there's probably nothing negative that comes out of asking for help. And I probably a few years ago, I would have said, Oh my God, like, yeah, there is like, I don't need to like show my like, bring down my guard and show my weaknesses like that's a weakness but it's actually a really solid strength it can help you in so many ways and so getting aware with yourself and really digging in like what is true about you what do you value like what are some things that you're trying to seek like in the gym that you actually can find outside of the gym and really digging into that and then asking for help behind that and using that to our advantage but I'm going back to kind of what you said as far as just thinking about like who like thinking who is, who are you trying to compare yourself to? Why is that digging into that? What do they have that you think you don't? And why is that like constantly asking yourself why, where is this coming from? What is happening? And um, just moving on that journey. It's a long journey, but that's okay. It's, 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 everything's going to be long. If you got to start now, or are you going to start later and it's just going to get longer? So if you're truly finding yourself in this hole, if you're struggling right now, sit down with yourself. One of my biggest practices is just writing down basically a page of affirmations. I am. That's literally what I start with. It can be vague as you want, or it can be really in detail. But the, when you start to really tell yourself and um, really believe it, it'll become true for you and you'll feel so much relief doing that and your happiness will be there. Your confidence will be up 
and you don't have to go on any like crazy diet or anything. And you don't have to like restrict time to food, like just to find you're happy. It, it doesn't start with the next best thing just to look better. It starts internally always. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I would say the first tactical thing is just write, write down your thoughts. Um, that's something that I use with a lot of my clients and it's powerful. We don't take the time to dig into ourselves. We usually take the time to dig into others and that's where that comparison comes from. It's like, stop worrying what she's doing. Like worry about what you're doing. Cause I guarantee yeah. you're not doing what you think you need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I think at some points we need to be like horses with blinders on, right? Like stay in your lane, um, back with the car. And then, you know, obviously (laughs) worry about to an extent what other people are doing around you, if they're being like reckless and they're going to wreck your car. But most of the time worry about what's happening in your car and then handle everything else second, because something that I thought about the other day, I was kind of thinking of, you know, what comparison means in my own life and how I'm getting past it. And I was like, man, you know, the thing that sucks is like, if you're putting so much emphasis on what everybody else is thinking or what you think that they're thinking, because you actually don't know what they're thinking, right? Unless they thought I'll tell you, but emphasis on what they're doing, what you think that they're thinking, um, their opinions towards you or what you believe their opinion to be. And putting more value and emphasis on that, what you subconsciously communicate to yourself is that the opinions of a stranger or even the opinions of someone who are closer to me, but the opinions of someone outside of me are actually more important than my own health and well-being. And how twisted is that, right? (laughs) That's terrible. Um, And like the thing about it is, is those people any people, they don't have to live in your head. They don't have to hear what you hear. They don't have to live in your body. So living a life based off of them or what you think that they maybe want you to do, or, you know, living up to maybe their version of success doesn't help at all because one, they might not even know that you're doing that. And two, they're not the ones who have to live with you every single day, (laughs) right? Or live in your head. So that's why it doesn't make sense to me. And I couldn't agree more with the affirmations. I think if anyone is like going to walk away with just a lot of things from this episode, but it just like one tactical thing that you can start doing. I was never a journaling gal. Like our coach, which is how Kelsey and I are connected, Tony, he brought this idea up to me a while ago. He's like, Claire, you need a journal. I was like, I don't need journals. <laughs> I was like, I don't need journals, Tony. I'm fine. He was like, no, you need to do something. So I ended up finding something that felt natural enough to me. And it was just writing down a statement of gratitude every night and a statement of affirmation. And that affirmation always starts just like you said with I am. And then it just kind of aligns with who you want to become in the future. And then as you read those every night, or as you look at them or think about them subconsciously, your actions start to add up to that, right? You may not know it. You may not see it in a day, but eventually you're going to start acting like that version of you that you wrote down. So thank you for bringing that to the discussion and the table. I want to ask you two more questions before we wrap up, because I want to be respectful of your time. But I think everyone can tell after hearing you talk that you yourself are a rock star. I'm going to use your buzzword here. You yourself are a rock star. And Kelsey's tagline for anyone who doesn't know is, and I'm sorry if I like butcher a word, but it's helping women become rock stars in and out of the kitchen, right? So I just want your like Webster dictionary definition. If you had to like rewrite what rock star says in there, I want to know what your definition of a rock star is. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's someone that is passionate, caring about themselves, understanding that they're not going to build Rome in a day. It's someone that takes their habits that they're using 
inside of the kitchen as far as discipline, as far as understanding what food is and taking that outside of the kitchen and knowing that they can live freely anywhere. They don't have to be bound by meal plans. You don't have to be bound by these rules of food freedom. You, you have the food freedom too. You have the education. That's my biggest part is I want to teach you to be a rock star in the kitchen, but also outside because I think a lot of um, just diets and nutrition world can get so stuck and do this in the kitchen. You've got to just meal plan, do this, do this. And it's all revolved around like our habits in the kitchen. But guess what? Half the time we don't spend all of our days in the kitchen. And most of the time, like we're their moms, they're, they're working, like we're outside of the world. And so how you speak to yourself, like that's a rock star attitude. Rock star status means like you can go out to dinner and feel super confident that if you had a piece of dessert, you're okay with that. But you can also know that like you could order anything off that damn menu because you are so understanding of what food is Mm -hmm. in and out of the kitchen. Your understanding of what it means to look at yourself in a bathing suit when you are out with your friends, but also what it means when you put on work clothes, like to love yourself fully and know that like you're not defined by just the way that you look like that's a rock star attitude. And so it goes from mindset to food, um, to movement, rock star movement means that you aren't just crushing yourself in the gym six days a week. Like you're actually getting outside and using the best freaking playground there is. And that's right outside our front door. That is rock star movement. Like if you can get outside and realize that you can just move your body freely and it doesn't have to be with weights or crushing cardio every single day in and day out. That means that you have met that like rock star thought process, you know? Mm. So it's, it's not just here, um, here, this is, I'm eating chicken, broccoli and rice and whatever all that prep is just <laughs> find like what works for you and like rock it, like go all in on that and, and know, like be independently focused, put your blinders on, drive that damn car. Don't be drunk. Like do it, <laughs> do it positively and, and ruthlessly like own it. Like, this is, this is my journey. This is why I'm doing it. Um, this is my love for myself and, and spread that positively everywhere. It's, it's contagious. And, and that's what I really try to teach my clients is I, if there was just one of me, awesome. But I want there to be a million. I want, I want you guys to understand that like positivity is so damn contagious. Like I'm going to sprinkle it on you, but I want you to sprinkle it on everyone else. Plus like education part, like it, it goes beyond inside of the kitchen. Like I can, yeah, sure. I can show you how to use the instant pot. But like that's, that, that doesn't serve you in life. If someone used me, told me how to use the Instant Pot when I was like crushing cardio and not eating cakes at night because I thought they'd make me fat or not like having avocado, um, they wouldn't have taught me anything. So I, I, it's all about the what. Like, what are you doing in and outside of the gym? What are you doing in and outside of the kitchen? Not how are you doing it? What are you doing? So that's, that's like what I'm super passionate about um, is being rock stars in the kitchen. And you're a freaking rock star. <laughs> Well, thank you. I feel so honored. I don't know. Hearing you talk, I'm getting like amped up. I feel like we need to make a gift now. Like, you know, the salt bay guy. Yes. I feel like we should make one, but instead of sprinkling salt, it's like positivity sprinkles. I love how you just said sprinkle positivity everywhere. I just sprinkle it. I love that. Um, (laughs) And I think the overarching theme is like transferable skills, right? And I think that's a trademark of just having a good coach or a good friend or a good mentor. If they're teaching you things that you can actually apply to multiple realms of your life because a meal plan or, you know, a strict diet teaches you how to like pick things out of a fridge and put them in a pan or a microwave. Right. Which is like, cool. We have to know how to do that to a point so we don't die. But 
<laughs> more importantly, it's like, how can we actually learn? How can we educate ourselves and learn the skills that like what you said can be used in the kitchen, but it can also be used in every other area of your life. So I love the rock star mentality. Maybe you should, um, I don't know if you ever like do a, do a podcast or I know you're working on a, on a book, um, fun fact, but like, if I think the, the cover should just be like you with like a guitar with like stars <laughs> everywhere. I'm just like seeing it in my hand, like the rock star, like, <laughs> I'm seeing it and it's going places, but I have two final questions to ask you. One that I always wrap up with one kind of more of a logistical question, but the first one, well, before I even say this, um, thank you for volunteering your time to be here and bring the rock star mentality. I, I forget that people can't see me. I do so many hand motions when I talk, but thank you for bringing the rock star mentality to the yours truly podcast. I know I have a couple specific people in mind who will really benefit from this episode. So you're awesome. Thanks for being here. And my, my second question is, as you know, my theme of coaching, of you know, social media, of writing is living gently and learning to be the best version of yourself, but not beating yourself up along the way for everything that you felt like you needed to accomplish, but maybe you fell short of a little bit. So in this idea of living gently, I want to ask you, what tips or tactics or things are you doing in your, your daily life to help you to live more gently? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having me on here. You are amazing and I love your energy and your creativity. And so I will definitely um, have you in mind when I uh, get my rock star picture of myself with some stars and everything sprinkling, <laughs> sprinkling down. So, I expect credit. I expect credit. <laughs> I truly appreciate you. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, so about me, as far as like what I do to, um, just take care of myself and, and what I find to be very helpful for me, like I alluded to a little bit in the beginning is I'm a yes girl. I will bend over backwards. I will always be available, but I found that the only um, person that that actually hurts is me and that dampens, uh, my lantern and I need my lantern on at all times. And so, um, setting down basically guardrails and time, um, just for me, I have a shutoff time. I have a time where I don't work with clients. I only spend time with my boyfriend. I turn my phone off. Um, and so I, uh, set also my screen time is limited, um, at night. So that's something that is really powerful for me, but also I found for clients too, because a lot of times we tell, tell ourselves we don't have time or we're just not sleeping super well and screen time can limit that. So, uh, I have my screen time from 7.30 till 7.30 AM. Um, I don't get on social media. I don't talk to my clients. You might hear my dog howling right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was like, do you have a human trapped behind there? No, it's yeah, right. <laughs> he might be howling. Um, but that's, um, that's something that's powerful for me because it's a shut off time because my brain can go, go, go. Um, I can give, I can give. And I find that, uh, with, that's naturally what a lot of women do. We just constantly are giving so much and we forget about ourselves. And so I've put myself on the back burner and I've, uh, in the past year, I've told myself not to do that anymore. And so that's a practice that I always have at my forefront. Um, the other thing that I, um, do as far as self-care is, is I always set a big North star, um, as in like a big goal. And I've set it out for about three years now is to travel every three months. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's something that brings light to my life. It's something 
I love cultures. I love talking to um, strangers and learning about many different things. And so I want to explore the world and I life's too short. I'm young, but tomorrow is never promised. And so I always um, love traveling. It's been something that I've always loved. And so even when I was um, graduated college, I was broke and I didn't have any money, but I, I made it happen. I worked my butt off. And I think that's what really drives me day in and day out is um, if, if I work day, like today and tomorrow and I just show up as myself and be relentless and ruthless with my time, I can, I can do something that I love. And so I think it's really um, important for us to just take care of ourselves, but like also ask like, why are we doing that? And I know like some days I wake up and I, I don't want to like do my little things that I do and um, I'm tired and we always have excuses, but I know and like, oh, in a few short weeks, I'll be going to New York. I'm like, hey, I'll wake up to that every day. And then like I have my next uh, book, uh, my every every three weeks, every three months, um, already this year, everything is already booked. And so in those moments, I can always remember, it's like you get the opportunity, you get to travel every three months. Like you get to show up right now so you can um, live freely and explore the world and learn about people and um, just see what, what the world has to offer because that's like what drives me the most. And so I think those are um, just important things that I do for myself. You know, a lot of people always talk about like the journaling and all that and self-affirmations, but I think it goes beyond that and um, just setting guardrails and boundaries for you and also for what you love. Cause if you're a coach or if you're, you know, managing people or if you're in charge, like, any, any role that you play in life, you're in charge of your family. Um, don't let that define you. There's, there's a lot of bigger things besides that. And so put yourself at the forefront all the time. Uh, and that will always make you happy. Can't, you can't. Um, and I think a lot of like going back to my story, like I put myself, I put my happiness in other people's hands Mm. and it, it came crashing down on me. And so now screw that, put it in my own hands and I'll be the driver and I won't be drunk and I'll have a taxi thing right behind me so no one can go in there and pick me and I'm gonna be doing it that's 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 uh yeah so that's about self-care I'm gonna start calling you Kelsey the self uber driver (laughs) (laughs) and I love all of that and it's just things that you can tell when I ask you that question that you get excited about and they bring you joy and that's really just the point of living gently is like how can I squeeze the most amount of joy into my life like a lemon as I possibly can. So I can't wait to finally meet you in the flesh in real life yes. in New York. Um, that will be so, so exciting. And for anyone who's listening, last question here, if they're like, this girl is rocking, she's a rock star with her energy. I want to follow her, get more of her Texan accent in my life. Um, <laughs> where are you hanging out? Where can they find you on social media and all of the things? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Kelsey Flanagan nutrition on Instagram and it's just one N. So all F L A N A G A N uh, nutrition. And then also on Facebook, uh, Kelsey Flanagan. And that's about it. I keep it pretty simple. If I have another thing on my plate, um, I, I probably won't do it very well. So that's another thing. Always keep it simple aim for, um, progress over perfection and you'll be rocking.
Rocking. That's the theme. Rocking and driving. That came up a lot in today's episode. Kelsey, thank you so much again for your time, for being on the episode. I highly recommend for anyone who is loving her message, go seek her out on social media, connect with her, um, learn how to use an Instapot from her, even though that's not the only thing she teaches. That is one thing. I still need to get one of those. She made an infographic a while ago and I was like fascinated by it. But for all of you who are listening, Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Your Shuli podcast. The best thing you can do is leave a rating and a review. And if you were super inspired by anything that Kelsey shared, take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag both of us and let us know that you are, I almost said listening, but you're watching. You're not listening. We're watching. And if there's anything we can do for you guys, let us know. We make ourselves very available on social media. But until next time, yours, Julie, Claire, and Kelsey. That wraps up episode 28 of the Yours Truly podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some of your time today with Kelsey and I. If you are loving what you're hearing here on the podcast on today's episode or on other episodes, please tap those five stars and leave us a rating and a review to tell us what you're learning, how much you love it, and so that we can keep spreading this message to other people who need to hear it. If you're feeling super amped and excited about what you learned today, please don't hesitate to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media tagging Kelsey and I so we can see what your takeaways are from the episode. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can easily share the episode by tapping the three dots on your screen and hitting share to any social media channel that you like. So thank you so much for tuning in once again, and I will see you back here next Wednesday.